You are listening to a sermon from Gateway Foursquare Church in Campbell River, BC. We are so glad that you joined us today and trust that the Lord will speak a word directly to you as you listen. To learn more about Gateway, find out what's happening, or to give a gift online, check us out at www.gatewayfoursquare.ca. You are welcome to join us in person each week at 9 and 11 a.m. Now get ready. Here is this week's message. This will be our last Sunday in Cultivate, the sermon series we began a number of weeks ago. And uh, sometimes I say this is the last one, and then I finish preaching, and the Lord's like, eh, no, it's not the last one. We also need to touch on this. Um, but I'm pretty sure. Um, so I want to wrap a few things up and then give us one more challenge, the, a call to cultivation in our lives. And what are we talking about? We're not talking about planting the garden. Uh, it's not just a, a longing that spring would start at some point and we could get on with doing some of the yard work that, you know, is it fun in spring? We're like, woohoo, yard work. And then a month later, we're like, did this have to happen? Like, nonetheless, we're talking about carefully creating conditions in our own lives and in our own church, right, where we can experience more of the abundance of life that Jesus came to offer us. The Bible says, Jesus, it records Jesus' own words, I came that they might have life, and that life more abundantly. And here's the thing about cultivation. Cultivation will determine the, the kind of and the size of your harvest. It's just a natural principle, as it is in the natural, so it is in our spiritual lives as well. Mark 4, verse 20, we don't have to turn there, I'm just going to read a verse, is the parable of the sower, where the sower sows all the, sow, the seed of God's word, and some falls in different soil conditions, but some of the soil falls on good soil, and it says, but those that were sown the seed of God's word on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30-fold and 60-fold, and a 100-fold. It's interesting that there are multiple categories of fruitfulness there, hey? 30, 60, and 100. There's an indication there. There's a suggestion in that that the, the, the amount of a harvest is dependent on perhaps multiple conditions. Is it being, t or is the soil prepared? Has it been amended? Maybe the conditions in that, like all of these sorts of things. But what I'm wanting to highlight as we dig in today is that there is this, as we think about things like cultivation, as we think about things like fruitfulness, we're not talking about salvation. We're not talking about you can be more saved. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is that there is an opportunity in our lives to grow and develop fruit. And probably we would all admit that we could grow more fruit than we're currently growing. Can I get an amen? And now that's not the biggest warm fuzzy. That's not one of those sermons again today. But I want to wrap it up. But I want to call us to this place of saying, man, I, I want to see more fruit. I think we all have a longing for it. I think all of us, I think it's built into God, the, the image of God within each human, right? That there is this push, this longing to, to, to accomplish, to contribute, to develop, right? That's from the Lord. And so, Lord, help us then to be those that are intentional, thoughtful, uh, with patience and endurance, those 
that respond to the instructions of God's word about how we can be cultivating the conditions for more life. And we've talked about, you know, what kind, you know, um, we've talked about pulling out weeds and breaking up hard ground. And we've talked about uh, kicking the foxes out of the garden that are going to eat the harvest. And uh, I was chatting with Linda here the other day too. And, and we were talking about, you know, sometimes we look at the fruit we're growing in our lives and we need to be more thoughtful of the kind of seeds that we're putting in. Because this works two ways. If you're sowing good seed, you're going to get the fruit you want. But if you're in your life growing some other stuff and wondering, where is that coming from? You might want to ask, are you putting seed for that into your heart? I, I, I was trying to remember today to bring some fruit with me. And then I forgot. But thankfully, Save on Foods is open early enough for me to go get some produce. So I've got myself an apple, but I also got myself a pear. Um, don't judge me. I really don't like pears. My wife loves pears and is sad that I don't like them. But I really like apples, okay? So don't judge me. But anyways, this amazing simple principle. If you sow apple seeds, what will you grow? And if you sow pear seeds, what will you get? Revolutionary, right? And so we need to be thinking about the way that we're cultivating the conditions in our minds, in our hearts, if I want to bear fruit for righteousness, like if I want to be someone, sometimes we've got to think about what kind of life do I want, right? If I want a life where I live in a place of peace, if I live a life where I'm able to very quickly respond to the needs of others, to be a blessing, to come that others in their circumstances, they know they can, the kind of life I think we all want to live, right? People have influenced these things. I better be sowing the kinds of seeds I need to sow to get that fruit. You're not going to accidentally end up with some of these things. And likewise, if you're bearing fruit, like if you want the apple, well, sow apple seeds and then water them and fertilize them and cultivate, till the soil. Um, but if a pear pops out, you got to ask, where did that seed come from? Really, there's a whole other sermon in there. And I'm wanting to slide it in before I wrap up the sermon series. If you're wanting that life of influence and peace, that life where when you wake up in the day, there's just this opportunity. And I'm not saying, uh, I, uh, I think we have this wonderful opportunity as believers, right, to, um, to grow and see our faith grow and all these things. But man, if we're bearing fruit as we look at our lives and we're like, man, that pear just keeps popping up. Where is that coming from? And whatever that might be, you've got to slow down and start to inspect the fruit. Or the sermon title, if, you wanted, if you're taking notes, is called Inspect the Fruit. And I want to turn our attention to Luke chapter 13, a parable that Jesus taught. And I think there's, again, there's a few different applications. That's the beauty of a parable. A parable, Jesus taught in lots of them. They're these short little stories often revolving around really common elements that all of the hearers would have been like, we know what you're talking about. And then they, and when Jesus taught parables, though, often it was like, he would use these familiar elements, and then they're kind of like, but what is he saying? The power of story. The power of these little things. And, and so we're going to look at one of these parables today. I think there's probably, uh, the, the truth of the parable is really clear, and the application, I think, is plentiful. But I want to just use this as thinking in this picture of inspecting fruit. If, I, if I'm wanting apples, what kind of apples am I getting? I did some research this week because my brain works that way. And uh, 
sometimes I used to work, my, one of my first real jobs, I worked at Safeway in like grade 12. I was a cashier at Safeway. And so I had to get pretty good at identifying the apples so I could know what numbers. So now, like even this morning, like when I go to self-checkout, I'm like, watch the pro, right? Like 4011 is bananas and some of these sorts of things. But, um, you know, I don't know if you, if you, when you're at the grocery store, you know, you look at all the different bags of apples, like so many kinds. And some of them look exactly the same, but one is called a fancy one, and the other is a different kind of, you know, there's different grades of apples. Did they, yeah, different, all this stuff. This one is, I'm looking forward to eating it later. It's a, a honey crisp or something. There, bless the Lord. One of those moments where you're like, I know God is real because. Um, but nonetheless, there's these, these scales of, you know, some apples, they're like low on the scale. And they never see the light of day. They get turned into like applesauce. And then others are just so perfect looking and they meet the mark, all these things, as they inspect the fruit. So now that I hopefully you've turned to Luke 13, let's look, uh, starting in verse 6. And he, Jesus, told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. So again, that's not, this is a pretty, again, we got to put ourselves not in our 2023 shoes, where maybe some of us have fruit trees at home. When Jesus taught this parable, he was teaching like 2,000 years ago, and like 80%, if not more, of the population was actively involved in agriculture in order to live. So when he's saying a guy has a fig tree, they've got a picture in their mind of a guy they know with the fig tree. Maybe their own fig tree. Um, I, I didn't search for figs. I got apples. I thought they were a bit more, I don't know, North American or something like that. But nonetheless, Jesus starts telling this parable about a guy. Plants the fig tree, and he came looking for fruit on it, which in one sense is exactly the thing you'd expect. If you plant a fruit tree, what do you want? Fruit. So at this point, Jesus hasn't really taught anything revolutionary. They're like, no, duh, Jesus. You plant a fig tree, you want figs. Like the audience is there trying to figure out what's going on in this story. But, and also highlighting that he's not found any fruit on this tree. And he said to the vine dresser or gardener, look, uh, sorry, look, for three years now, I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Wow, those are three sharp words. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put on manure or fertilizer. And then if it, if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Interesting little story that Jesus tells. And parables were not just like, well, that was a nice day in the life story. Parables were used to teach spiritual principles, spiritual realities. And I think for most of us, if you, as we hear that parable, we already begin to think of what is Jesus trying to say in this really simple little picture. It's a call to fruitfulness. It's a call to inspecting the fruit. It's a call to saying, 
uh, that, that, that what God plants, he wants to see fruit. So I want to pull out a couple of things as we think about this. I think we can see that the person that planted the fig tree in the, for the sake of our parable, I think can be easily, a re- Jesus, God, uh, is that person coming to look. One of the first ideas I want us to think about is that Jesus is looking to which some of us, we really cringe and wrestle with that idea that Jesus is looking for fruit. Because in so much in the North American church, right, we just have this idea that Jesus is so nice that he doesn't really care because he's just so nice. And is Jesus loving and kind? Yes, absolutely, the most loving and kind person. He died for us because of his love motivating him to sacrifice himself for us. Thank you, Jesus. But sometimes in our picture of Jesus, we have to like put some of these ideas together. That Jesus in our lives, in our church, he's looking for fruit. That's why you got planted. To bear fruit. John 15, verse 8 says this, By my Father, this is Jesus speaking, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Which again is kind of like, oh Lord. Ideally, I love when we, in moments like this, the Holy Spirit is so good of tailoring words in our lives so that we can know today, God, I've heard your word and I've heard how you're calling me to respond. Jesus wants us to bear fruit. In fact, you were designed to bear fruit. And we're not talking about pears and apples. We'll get down a little bit later about some thoughts about what maybe what are some of the kinds of fruit we should be bearing in our lives. So first, this idea, Jesus is looking. It says that in this parable, I like it in, um, I often am reading in the New English translation. I really like it. And it says a man, uh, or sorry, in verse 7, for three years now, I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and each time I inspect it. I just like that it uses the word inspect. Because um, it speaks about the kind of looking. I have a cherry tree in my backyard. And last spring, like maybe some of you with your cherry, or last summer, my cherry tree produced like zero cherries because the spring had been so terrible. It didn't bear any fruit. The year before, it produced so much fruit, we didn't know what to do with all the fruit. We begged people to come and pick the fruit in our, in our come take it. We don't even want to eat this many uh, cherries, right? We see some of these seasons and things. But there's different ways you can look at a fruit tree. I, I drive down the street in, in Campbell River, like, thank the Lord, people have beautiful gardens in their front yards, and you drive by, and you kind of glance at, oh, there's apples on that tree. That's really great. But that's not inspecting, is it? Inspecting is you get up close. If it's an apple tree, you're expecting to see apples, but then if you're going to look, you, what are the quality, oopsies, the size of the apples? Are they ready to be picked? Have the bugs got at them? How many have been gotten to by bugs? Uh, What's the color, the shape? Maybe you cut the thing open. Uh, Again, 
I like to find random information. So I was reading this week about how they grade apples in Canada, and it's like it'll have this, it, the, the skin can uh, endure this much, like, pressure by weight. Like, there's, like, standards. And then it should make this sound when you cut it and all. It's inspection. So again, I want us to think about this picture of Jesus looking at our lives too. And again, sometimes we get a little like nervous in our tummies. Oh, Jesus, don't look too close. Drive by, Jesus. Just, just drive on by and look at the fruit. But here in this parable, the, 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 he's inspecting. And if there's ever a moment in our lives, it's like, you know, who, who is he to come and inspect the fruit? The master of the vineyard. It's part of the gig, right? And as a believer, though, I want to make sure I keep throwing this in here. This shouldn't produce fear in our lives. In the sense of, ah, am I even in? No, no. God disciplines those that he loves. And this is part of that process in us. God wants you to bear fruit. In fact, you've been invited to bear fruit. How amazing that God has set up your life so that it can reach more people than just you. How incredible that your life can be a life that makes an impact and a difference, that bears fruit in a way that God gets glory and other people get to experience it. This is a wonderful gift we're called into. Jesus just doesn't want to save you so that you can like baseline exist until heaven. Like, who's signing up for that? Come into the kingdom of God and just exist. And then eventually you'll slide into heaven. Does that get anyone up in the morning? But what if God is saying, come into the kingdom and I'll send you as an ambassador? Come into the kingdom and you'll bear fruit and other people's lives will be changed for eternity because what I'm growing in you. Because it's never just about us. Like the apple is not about the apple tree. The apple is so that other apple trees can be planted. And how amazing. God looks at you if you're saved. And he has a, a destiny. He has good plans for you. And part of that is growing in fruitfulness. And part of the journey is inspecting the fruit every now and then. That's the part we don't like. But here in this parable, it seems pretty clear that, that Jesus is looking. Fruit is assumed, and the, the kind of we've, we've kind of talked about this. Fruitfulness is not meant to be an optional part of the Christian walk. You were made to bear fruit, and God is glorified as you do. Um, in this parable, too, there's some uncomfortable lines, right? Sometimes we'd like, and Jesus saw the tree, and it was wonderful, or the, the master walked by and just said, good job, tree, or something like, or well, in this case, the tree didn't have fruit. The parable isn't the guy saw no figs and thought it tried really hard, and aren't those leaves pretty? Ouch, I know. But see how a little parable with like four or five like verses is kind of like, oh, Lord. And again, the motivation isn't to cause us to be like, I give up, I can't do it. No, the motivation is like, Lord, there's so much more, and he wants to walk you into it. But sometimes you've got to call it for what it is before you can do anything else. You've got to inspect the fruit and be like, man, I am growing some fruit, but it could be more. And then we come to the Lord and say, Lord, help me in this journey. I'm rushing ahead of myself. But in, the, in this parable here, right, 
What did the vine, what did the, the guy that owned the fig tree, what was he, what did he determine to do when he saw no fruit on the tree? What did he say to do? Cut it down. Ooh. Like there's no way to gloss that one up. It's a pretty extreme action. And it reminds me, Luke loved these parables and stories about trees and production and all these sorts of things. They're all over the place. Luke chapter 3, verse 9 says this, Even now the axe is laid root to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down, Ah, thrown into fire. Like there's just no way to rosy that one up. Now, in that context and in a lot of the context in the New Testament where there's pictures of fig trees, like even just before Jesus goes to the cross, they're walking into town and they see a fig tree that's not bearing fruit and Jesus curses the fig tree. Do you remember this story? What happens to the fig tree? Shrivels up and dies. And now that was a prophetic picture of the nation of Israel. They were meant to bear fruit and they were not. There's like this, this whole thing too. But I, I think there's an application that we can say there's still an application for my heart and my life. Lord, my, that I might bear fruit. Also, there's this kind of, I, and again, I love this dynamic here. I, whether this represents Jesus or something, I don't know. But nonetheless, the gardener is like, let's give it, just, let's give it a little bit longer. Another year. Let's go for that. And what's the, what's the suggestion that there would be some cultivation that would take place for more fruitfulness to happen. Take up the soil a bit. Why? So that the water can get down in there. Throw on some manure. Why? Because that's what they had for fertilizer. So what's the gardener? is like, let's go all in on cultivation. Let's, let's give this the best shot possible and then come back again in a year and inspect fruit, which is also a reminder in our lives. And again, I want to encourage some of you that might be like, I'm feeling a bit, un- just not encouraged. Um, there are seasons. You don't always look for cherries on the cherry tree. I didn't, like, I didn't this morning think, I wonder if they've started to develop. It's not time for cherries, right? Like there are some seasons in our lives that I do believe we are going to bear more fruit, and there's going to be other times where it's fruit development season. That does not surprise the Lord. He understands the process. There are times in our lives where we're called to endurance, even when it might look like we're not bearing fruit like we want to. So, we're, but, but in this case, if there's, there's a situation where it's like, oh, Lord, there's not fruit or not enough fruit, what does this gardener do? I love his heart. He's like... Before we take extreme action, let's go all in a little bit more. And I think there's a call for some of us in those verses. Right now is the time to maximize the conditions in your life, to dig up the soil, to fertilize. Let's use the word fertilize. Would that be better uh, than to think about it? Anyways, don't think of the other picture, but fertilize the conditions in your own heart so that you can bear more fruit. What are we talking about? Sometimes in our Christian walk, we're just coasting at that lowest level of, I'm pretty sure I'll get into heaven, and we're kind of living down here, and God's like, come up here. Let's be in fruitfulness, abundance, impact, all these sorts of things. And, and there's some things that we can do to say, God, I want to fertilize the soil of my heart by being in your word. 
I, I, I want to I break up areas in my life that are preventing you in repentance, Lord. I know there's some things in my heart, God, that are causing my heart to be hardened because I'm not letting you in that area and the water of your spirit can't seep through because I'm saying, eh, not there, but Lord, I give it to you. There's a call to say, now church is a great time to go all in in your walk with the Lord. Here's the thing. Jesus is coming back. And it's so funny, there's some phrases like that, that used to, people used to preach that all the time. And then we kind of got a little bit soft because we're like, if I say that and Jesus doesn't come back, and I'm not, when I say Jesus is coming back, I'm not making a predictive statement about he's coming back next week. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying he could come back next week. And so guess what? Ooh, are you ready, church? Are you, are you ready for this one? Now is the time for you to inspect your fruit before Jesus comes back to inspect it. Ooh, I know that sounds like so, but let's be ready for him to return. How wonderful when we consider our lives and say, Lord, I, I am seeing some fruitfulness. Lord, I'm thankful. And now this is what the Lord's doing. Even this past week, there was a few moments where it's just in the normal routine of the day. And I was kind of like, Lord, you've changed my heart. And I was just enjoying, like, the moment of, God, you've done, you're still growing me. It's, it's fun when you kind of, the Lord highlights some of those moments. Sometimes you don't know it until later. As God transforms and changes. But let's be those that inspect the fruit. And what is the fruit? Let's quickly do this before we go any farther. What are we talking about? What is God wanting to develop in you? There's a number of different ways we could look at this. One of them is different attitudes that come out of your heart. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and following, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the question is, as we look at our lives, let's consider our attitudes. Am I becoming more loving? Again, so, uh, we'll get to some of, the, some of the possible pitfalls in this kind of a thing. But is there joy abiding in my life? That's, kind of the, that's some of the fruit God wants for you. Isn't that awesome? God wants that for you. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Peace. We need, like, these are these kind of heart attitudes. Those are some of the fruits God wants to develop. Some of the fruit God wants to develop in your life are certain actions Colossians 1, verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. There are actions that are some of the fruit that God wants to develop in your life. Like uh, Wayne, let's boast on Wayne a little bit. That was a good example of fruit. You, God used your eyes because they were looking and again, I'm, we'll give all the credit. The Lord gets the credit, right, Wayne? <laughs> but that's a, a beautiful picture of, of fruit. There was a boldness to see, or there was an ability to see and a boldness to say. That's a simple example, action kind of fruit. Lord, might we have lives where as we look back at our lives, we can see people that have been reached and touched, saved and healed and delivered as we respond to the fruit God's developing in our lives. 
Ephesians 5 verse 9 says this, For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. I think another fruit God wants to develop in our lives is the knowledge of the truth. And here's one of my cool, like, I love watching, like, new baby believers mature in their faith. It's so much fun because something begins to happen that maybe they don't even realize is happening. People that used to think this way now think the exact opposite, and the only difference was Jesus. Guess what that is? Fruit. And again, sometimes, like, we're talking about fruit. You're like, oh, I got to work, work, work. No, some of these fruits, God is just developing as you just stay close to him. Actually, I think a lot of the fruit just develops as you stay closely connected to Jesus because we can't bear fruit without him. And as I dwell in his word, as I dwell in his presence, it's amazing. I don't think my cherry tree stresses about producing cherries. I think it just produces cherries. Just like believers, I don't think we need to be stressed about I need the whole list of all the fruit, and I better have a, like a quantifiable list of all the different areas that I should be bearing fruit in my life. And I was at 76 in peace last year, but now I back back to 43, and I really need to get my peace level back higher than it was before. And we get to str- all, that's not what I'm suggesting. But every now and then we'd slow down and say, Lord, help me. And this is the key. The Lord needs to help us inspect the fruit so that we then can say, Lord, I, I see in these areas I've been drawing away. Lord, I need to draw near. This is where this is a wonderful, healthy process in our lives. That many of us aren't naturally attuned or bent to inspect close inspection. Okay, a couple more things, and then we'll wrap up uh, this morning. Uh, Romans 6. I like this question, uh, as Paul writes. Romans 6, verse 21 says this. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? So what's Paul saying? Hey, believer... Let's think about the fruit. And he's saying, think back to before you were within Christ, before you were a believer, and think about what, was the, what were the natural consequences? What was the fruit of the life you were living? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin, anyone thankful they're set free from sin? Okay, let me, I'm going to say this again, because some of you are like, but Pastor Matt, I, I, I sin this. The Bible says that Christians will still sin. And when we sin, we confess our sins, and God is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Amen. But guess what? The Bible also says, that even though as you might be struggling, as an objective reality, you are free from the power of sin. And sometimes we wrestle in our brain. We're like, but Pastor Matt, I still like said that thing to my wife the other day but you are still free from the power and bondage of sin because Jesus released you from it at Calvary's cross. This is why as believers, man, we get to remind ourselves, who am I in Christ? And the fruit's gonna be more and more holiness. Anyways, that's a whole other sermon. Nonetheless, but now you've been set free from sin and death and have become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end is eternal life. That's the biggest fruit as we rock in in this relationship with the Lord. But nonetheless, in Romans, Paul's telling them, think about the fruit. Consider it. And so in our lives, might we be those that inspect the fruit? Ideally, there's fruit, because one option is no fruit, like the fig tree. And what would we say to somebody that's got no fruit? I would want to sit, again, most of these things, it's like, let's sit down and chat for a while. 
Because maybe there is fruit, you just don't realize it, but you've determined there. That's why we need the Lord's help. But if there is no fruit, then we might need to ask the question, have you yet come into that relationship with the Lord? And the good news is, you can do that today. Such individual I've been connecting with over the last number of years. And one of the last times um, we got together, I asked, felt the Lord want me to ask them a very pointed question. Because I was considering the fruit, and I'm kind of like, something's not adding up here. And so where did I get graciously? Who is Jesus to you? Like, who is he? Because I wanted to get to the root of that question, are they born again? Because if you're not born again, you're not going to bear fruit. But if you are born again, I believe you will begin to bear fruit. Sometimes you're going to have to, like, find someone really good at inspecting. <laughs> no, it's in here. I totally found that fruit. There it is. And let's go for more, right? But nonetheless, let's, we need to ask some of those questions. Maybe, um, uh, and ideally, we want good fruit that's growing and all of these sorts of things. So why, why, why don't we do this? I think maybe some of us do this better than others. Some of us are more introspective. We're more um, thoughtful and all this sort of stuff. Others of us are like me, the optimist. We're like, let's just keep moving. And, and we need to intentionally slow the roll enough. God's wired us all different ways. But I think there's some reasons that we might kind of get caught up. Sometimes we avoid inspecting the fruit because maybe we didn't even know we were supposed to do that. Or maybe we avoid inspecting the fruit because we kind of know that we might not find things that we want to find. The good news is, if you're in Christ, there's no condemnation for you. This is why I keep wanting to drive this thing home. Inspecting the fruit doesn't produce fear. It should remind us that because of who Jesus has made me to be, I get to bear fruit. And I want to inspect the fruit so that I can be more fruitful so that God could be glorified. That's a very different train of thought than oh no, I'm not bearing enough fruit. I might be out. God's gonna chop my branch off or something like that. Like that's not what we're wanting to create, but we're saying, Lord, there's more. And God is lovingly saying, let's bear more fruit. So for some of us, we need to allow the Lord to just minister his love to us so that we can do this without shame or fear. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. God is like, God's cheering you on, and he set the conditions so you can thrive. He's that good. So, Lord, help us to see it, not be avoiding doing that thing. Sometimes inspecting fruit for some of us can become a challenge because in our inspection, we're comparing the fruit to the wrong thing. Like in the apple world, you know, they have very specific standards. I don't know if this one has like a little gash in it, but I did learn this week that this would still qualify it for being a fancy apple. Like, and fancy isn't just a, it's so fancy. No, 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 that's like a technical term for this kind of apple, right? Um, but they look at, like, the shape. Does this look like an apple? Um, does it have the right colors for the kind of apple it is? Uh, there's no, uh, there's no, oh, I'm feeling it. The, t the, the, the firmness is good. Uh, there's no soft spots because it's starting to go bad. All this sort of stuff, right? That you're expecting uh, the fruit of this thing. But sometimes, and, and I think in the inspector's mind, they have kind of an ideal picture of what it should be and compare it. But here, sometimes in our lives, I think comparison can kill us. Because you begin to compare your fruit to somebody else's fruit, and I don't think God's in that business other than comparing ourselves to Christ. And when we do that, all of us say, 
Lord, I've got some room to grow here. And God's like, I know. And I still love you. Let's get on with it, right? But sometimes we don't inspect our fruit because we get caught up thinking about somebody else's fruitfulness. We look around and we watch a podcast and we see that, that, that person ministering in a way we're like, man, I'm not ministering like that person. Am I even, like, what kind of terrible rotten Christian? That comparison can kill when you begin to look at someone else. But the good thing is, is like the Lord is working in your life in such a unique and a beautiful way. We don't need to waste our time thinking about somebody else's fruitfulness. I just come to the Lord and say, God, I want to honor you in my life with the fruitfulness that you're working in me. Also, you don't know what's going on in the backstory of somebody else's life either, so be very careful when you inspect somebody else's fruit. And I'm not saying that to be like, so all look at each other with distrust because we're all hiding things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying when comparison creeps up in your life and you're like, I can never do this because that person is such a rock star, I can't do it. And the enemy loves to push on that, doesn't he? That's not the Lord. We just great. And here's the other thing I was thinking about as I was even last night going to bed and my mind's just rolling about trees and all this sort of stuff. If you've got a baby cherry tree and that baby cherry tree produces like three cherries in like this third year or something, you're kind of like, praise the Lord, three cherries. But when that cherry tree is 40 years old, it's probably going to have thousands of cherries. Do you, are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't compare the three-year-old cherry tree to the 40-year-old cherry tree. You also don't compare the, compare the cherry tree in the ideal valley in California where everything is flawless. You don't compare the fruit of that tree to the cherry tree in Candle River where based on the spring, the cold, the da, the da, like, are you hearing what I'm saying? When you inspect your fruit, honor the Lord by saying, God, what are you developing in me? What have you called me to do? What gifts have you put in my life? What, what are the, and again, this isn't a fully in, individualized thing, but I'm just wanting to release you from that, man, that 40-year-old tree beside me just bear, bore a thousand cherries this year, and, and here I am with my four, and the, and the Lord is like, those are the best four cherries ever! Comparison, let's be careful when it comes to comparison. In all the ways, sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. Because sometimes we look at our life and we're like, you're a 40-year tree and you're like, man, I've got 700 cherries on my tree. Look at that tree. It's got four of them. I'm doing pretty good. And the Lord's like, that doesn't matter. What am I wanting to develop in you? Swings both ways, hey? Another thing I want to be very careful to, to encourage us in or challenge us in. Sometimes when we inspect the fruit, we can sometimes inspect fruit by association. Like, I'm, I have people in my life, or I'm part of a church, or I've got a, this person. They're bearing a lot of fruit, and we kind of assume their fruit into our lives. God wants to grow fruit in you and in them. All of us might be fruitful plantings of the Lord. Okay, let's move this thing for a close. God wants you to be fruitful, amen? And if you're a believer, I believe you're already bearing fruit, Amen? And I think all of us here are saying, Lord, I could bear more fruit. And for me, again, some of us are wired a bit different. For me, I'm kind of like, let's get at it. In the, wouldn't, will, won't that be awesome? Won't it be amazing when I'm a bit more like Wayne? 
Sorry. <laughs> He's going to talk to me Thursday. It'll be all good. But you know what I mean. When we're operating in these things, not straining or striving, but the fruit of my life in such a way that I show up in circumstances and things change, the kingdom of God shows up. I think you want that too. And we can have that. What do we do? We cultivate the conditions in our lives. We draw close to the Lord. We live in his word. We allow him to fill us with the power of his spirit. We, we cultivate. We, we respond. He's done the heavy lifting. And now we receive of that in our lives. Inspecting our fruit can be as simple as asking ourselves some key questions. Often the best time to inspect fruit is when you're under a little bit of stress or things aren't going perfectly. No. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the, I was, as I was preparing this sermon uh, this week, um, man, I had a couple bad nights sleep in a row. And as I'm preparing my sermon and I'm writing some of these words, I'm like saying ouch to my own sermon prep. Because I'm like, oh, Lord, I probably didn't respond to my child in the way that I should have responded to my child in that moment. And so what do you do? You go f- ask for forgiveness. You call it for what it is and, and all these sorts of things. There's moments in life. Honest confession there for you. But you know what I mean? There's those times where we can look at our lives and what happens when we're under stress? Here's a good question. What happens when you're under stress now compared to like five years ago when you were under stress? That's a great question. Because maybe fruitfulness looks like you're on this trajectory of growth. I think this is what fruitfulness in the life of a believer is. It's called sanctification. It's a journey. It's a process. And sometimes we're expecting it to always do this, this, this. But sometimes the journey of fruitfulness looks a little like this. But where is it ending up more here than it was down there? That's a great question. You should write it down. Well, how do you respond to stress now compared to five years ago? Is God bearing fruit of peace in your life? When you're under all these moments. Um, ooh, here's another one. Are you ready for this? How do you react when you sin? It's just one of those ways we inspect the fruit. Fruitfulness, I think, looks like I run straight to Jesus in confidence because he loves me, as opposed to I sin. I run away from the Lord. I try really hard for a few days to do all of the right things until I feel that maybe God is happy enough with me, and then I go to him. To see how one of them is better fruit than the other? Just good Some questions you might ask. How, how do you respond to inconvenient people? You can write that down. You could also uh, ask other people to help you inspect your fruit. People that you trust and see your life, they can help you in this journey. Because maybe you need somebody to come alongside. Because in your own interpretation, you've been a hypercritic of yourself. And you need somebody to come alongside and say, do you know what I see in you? I see God working grace in your life. Did you know the way that you, all that sort of stuff. This is one of those things. We're better together, amen? And then obviously we're going to talk to the Lord. Lord, help me to see and know, discern what you're up to. I want to end off with one verse, Philippians chapter 1, verse 22. This is the Apostle Paul. And Paul was wrestling with he would rather go to heaven or continue to do what he was doing. And I, love, I like what he says here. If I am to live in the flesh, what's Paul saying? If I go on being alive, right? This is the not heaven option. That means what? Fruitful labor for me. 
the other option was going to be with the Lord. Like he'd been under persecution and beaten and all these things. And so I think when he's writing this at a time of his life, I think he was dealing with some stuff, some health issues. And so he's in that season of life where, man, it'd be nice to just go be with the Lord and have rest. Uh, I don't think he was saying this when he's like 20 years old and in good health. He wrote this later in his life and he'd been battling. And it's kind of this thoughtfulness of, man, like this pining for heaven. Won't, Won't that be great? Or the other option is if I stay here, I'll continue to be fruitful in my labor. And I like what he says, yet which I shall choose, I can't tell. Like he's just so like, I want to work for the Lord, but I also want to be with the Lord. I, I love that wrestle that Paul's feeling in that moment. But the, the, for the sake of today's sermon, the thing that I'm highlighting here is just this, fruitful labor. Again, there's another warm fuzzy, isn't it? Because we know in our lives, by, if you grow a garden, if you've invested your resources to, in, to bring an increase, if you've worked to develop your skills in order to be, like, for example, like you've gone, you've invested, you've gone to university, like, or something, like, you did a lot of hard work, hey, in order to bear fruit, to become an expert at something. Whatever different way you've experienced that in your life, fruitfulness seems to go really well with that word labor. There's a, there's a good work to do. And I love Paul's fruitful labor. I, he's like, I want to do that. What had Paul experienced? He'd gone and preached the gospel and people got saved. He established churches. He appointed leaders. He saw the kingdom grow from these group of ragtag followers of Jesus in Jerusalem to now the gospel was spreading through the then known world of the Roman emperor, empire. Sorry. Like, probably by the time Paul's writing some of these things, I wonder if Thomas had already made it to India at this point. Like, the disciples, the the church was expanding. Fruit was happening, as Paul's saying. So he's just like, man, I want to keep being a part of that. And here's the thing I want. I, I pray that we would have a heart like Paul, that we would decide in our lives, Lord, I want to be more fruitful. And then we begin to partner with the Lord in response to his spirit and drawing close to him and say, God, now that I've made that determination, help me to cultivate, help me to have a plan to draw near to you, to inspect the fruit, to say, Lord, there might, might there be more fruit in my life, this fruitful labor for the Lord. So really what I'm wanting to do at the end of this sermon series today is put us back into that place of decision of saying, I want to be fruitful. And not just I want to, but a determination, I will be fruitful with the Lord's help. Like he does the stuff, but there is this moment in our lives where we need to make some decisions to move in a direction. And my prayer is that for all of us, we would say, I'm moving in the direction of fruitfulness. Fruitful labor for the Lord. Being used by him. As as I stay close to him and he transforms my attitude, as he enables me to do the actions that line up with who I am in the kingdom of God. As I conform myself to the truth of his word, all these amazing fruit God wants to develop in and through you. But we got to come to those decision moments of, God, I'm going to be fruitful. Help me be fruitful. Help me cultivate. Help me be part of this amazing relationship with Jesus. Let's stand together. Uh, this morning. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. I love it. 
God is good. He's perfect in his timing. And wants to use people just like you to bear fruit for the glory of God. The people look at your life and they're like, how does that work? And you're like, God's at work. Let's just bow our heads before the Lord. Lord, we just come before you today. And we come in humility because we, we know you already know all the stuff. <laughs> and we come before you, Lord, just with open hands and, and with a willing heart. And we say, Lord, we hear your word. You've, you've designed us to be fruitful, to bear much fruit. And God, we just come in, in, in authenticity and in humility before you and say, God, we are bearing some fruit, but we want to bear more fruit. <laughs> and so, Lord, today I pray that there would be a work of your spirit in our lives where we would make some determinations, some resolve in our hearts, that we would be those that would bear more fruit. And Lord, we th I thank you that in that journey, we can trust you. We, we recognize that you're the one uh, that has planted us. Lord, you're the master. And Lord, you've determined. So, uh, so Lord, we just want to respond to you today with a willingness, the expression of our hearts. We want to bear fruit, so help us to know, help us to cultivate, lead us in this journey. In our own lives as individuals, we begin in that place. Lord, I pray in the name of the Lord that the fruit of the Spirit would be developed in our hearts more than ever before. Oh, Lord, that love would be cultivated in our lives more than ever before. Love for you, love for one another, love for this world. Lord, I also pray that other fruit would develop in our lives too, the fruits of boldness. Lord, even the fruits of various gifts of the Spirit made manifest in our lives. Lord, we want to be fruitful in that people around us encounter your kingdom. They come, they, be, they get saved. They get born again. They get set free, healed through the fruit of our lives. And Lord, in all of these things, we don't want to bear fruit for our own glory because on our own, we, can't, we can do nothing. Without you, we can't be fruitful. But, Lord, we do want to honor you. And we want you to be glorified in our lives in response to who you are and who you've made us to be as the children of God. Lord, we want to bear fruit for your glory. You are so good. And so, Lord, I just pray graciously today as we wrap up this sermon series, as we continue in our lives, Lord, by your spirit, as you prompt us, Lord, to meditate and consider and take action around cultivating in our lives. Just today, God, I pray for that hunger, that determination, that drive in our hearts, that longing for fruitfulness to be matched with action. And so, Lord, today we decide, I want to be fruitful. And, and right now, as we're in this moment, I want to encourage you to pray your own sort of a prayer where you just bring to the Lord, Lord, I want to, to be more fruitful. Lord, with your help, Some, phrase it the way you would phrase it, not the way I'd phrase it. But let's just come before the Lord and say, God, I hear you. You've made me to bear fruit. Thank you for that, God. Thank you. You want my life to count for something. Thank you, Lord. You want my life 
to, to reach beyond my own likes and preferences and comfort. And Lord, that you want to bear fruit that others might experience your kingdom. How amazing you've called me into that. And then in your own words, that sort of a prayer, God, I'm I want to be fruitful. Help me be fruitful. Help me be more fruitful for the sake of your name. And Lord, I just see, Lord, as your people walk in that determination, Lord, that you will, you're going to run in by your spirit and you're going to empower and, and even miraculous, Lord, provision of that fruit to grow and develop in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that you're bringing. Thank you, Lord, for the ways that you're going, as, we're gonna, as we make that determination, Lord, that uh, you're going to be speaking by your spirit, empowering and shaping and growing more than we've ever thought possible before. I thank you that our present experience of our walk with the Lord does not limit all of the good things that you have in store for us. You're not done yet, and the best is yet to come as you conform us more and more each day to the image of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So I just speak a blessing over each individual here in the house today, joining us online over Gateway Foursquare Church. I just speak a season of fruitfulness. And Lord, even as we're kind of at this later point in the, in the winter, in the natural, Lord, I pray, God, that you would fill us with an in, 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 uh, with a enthusiasm, with a hope and optimism about the spiritual spring that's around the corner in our lives of new life, new growth. And Lord, help us to be a part of that diligently. What a good God we serve. We bless you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And God's people said, so Gateway, let's go bear more fruit. Abounding in it, more and more. We're so glad that you joined us today. If you'd like somebody to pray with you this morning, we would love to do that. If you'd like to know more about what it means to be a Christian and, and give your life to the Lord, we'd really love to talk to you about that. You can come join us at the front online. You can say hey to Sally in the chat. Bless you, those of you joining us online. For those of you in the room, we love you. We look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks for joining us today. We trust that the Lord has something great in store for you. Do you have a question or a prayer request? Send an email to info at gatewayfoursquare.ca or find us on Facebook at GatewayCR. Don't forget we gather each Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. at 403 Fifth Avenue here in beautiful Campbell River. Have a great day.